When your awareness is 100% inside your head and all you're worried about is measuring up and being good enough and hoping they'll like you enough and won't judge you, then you're gonna have no energy for awareness anywhere else. I'm saying get out of your head completely. It should be obvious that you're a great person and a good catch, by the way. So what you need to put your awareness on is what is he doing, not how do I feel? Because if your awareness is on how do you feel, quite honestly, all you have is your head very far up your and at that point, all you've got is an excellent view of your colon. You want to transform yourself and improve your life. You long to help people. You wish to become healthier, happier, and more successful. This show is your opportunity to learn how to use hypnosis to make your life better. Each week, hypnotist Robbie Spear Miller interviews people who have already changed their lives in amazing ways with hypnosis. These models can help you discover your path to making the most of your life. If you want to learn how hypnosis can help you reach your goals, this show is for you. Hello, everybody. My name is Robbie Spear Miller, and I'm your host for the Hypnosis Show podcast. Today, we have a really cool opportunity to witness Julie Neese doing a live relationship coaching session with Clarissa. Julie is a senior hypnosis trainer with the Master Hypnotist Society and has built three successful hypnosis clinics in the U.S. She's also a licensed marriage and family therapist. She has appeared as a guest counselor on the Dr. Phil Show numerous times, where her direct, straightforward approach delivered stellar results for the clients and enthusiasm from Dr. Phil himself. Welcome for both of you. Thank you, Robbie. Thank you. So we're going to be doing this just a little bit different. Would you please, Clarissa, start with the goals we were shooting for? Because we do start with the end in mind. Absolutely. So my goal here is to leave my fear of abandonment in the past and be comfortable and feel safe setting boundaries in my relationships. Right. Okay. Specifically in the dating scene. Ooh, specifically with dating. I didn't know that. Good. Oh, that's a that's a great topic. So... We started off then, Car Clarissa, talking about this idea that there are two kinds of people in the world. So I'd like you to describe if, what you remember about those two groups and why they're different. There's people who accept you for who you are and love you unconditionally, and then there's everybody else. Well, that's pretty close. Well, they certainly. Well, the, the hallmark of that is it's reciprocal. Now, this love unconditionally stuff—that's um, not really real, because I don't care how much you love somebody, I can come up with a condition under which you would stop loving them. Okay, that's true. So, I think it's more useful to think about, you know, extreme love and connection and commitment. That's fine, but there's no absolutes. Like, no matter how much you love somebody, if you found out that he was some kind of pedophilia idiot, you wouldn't love him anymore. <laughs> or you might, but you wouldn't be with him anymore. True. Yeah. Right? So there's, there's, there's deal breakers out there. But, but to your point, you want to be able to set boundaries. And the, we discussed the problem with most people is they're people pleasers like you, and they're more worried about taking judgment and scrutiny off of them than they are about standing up for what they want and putting boundaries out there and getting treated in the way that they want to be treated. So we decided then that you can't treat everybody else like you treat the special people that love and care about you. Is that true? That's true. 
That's true. And that makes sense to you now. Yes, it does. Now, again, it's not that you're rude or disrespectful to, to other people, but you just, they don't deserve a high level of care and respect and love because they're not reciprocating that. Now, while we're talking about these people in the special group, let's just make a little side note that the, the way people get into that special group of yours, Clarissa, is based on how they treat you. It is an earned position. There is no free entry. Okay? Now, some people think that just because they share DNA with you, they should be in that group. Like mothers, especially, are guilty of this. Not true. If your mother is respectful and cares about you and all of that, that's fine. Moms can certainly be in that group. But it doesn't necessarily mean they're automatically there just because they birthed you or just because they share DNA with you. Okay. Interesting. And that's how you stay happy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting, isn't it? So <clears throat> it's all based on, you know, not how you feel and not what used to happen in the past, but you, based on what your eyes and ears tell you and your heart tells you about how they treat you. Sadly, some people have family members who don't treat them very well. Yeah. So the other thing we talked about was being really clear on making decisions based on your goals and objectives, not how you feel. Because how you feel changes like the wind and the stuff we have in our head that we keep referring to when we're taking our emotional temperature is, what's the technical term for that? Um, that doesn't matter or that's made up. Uh, well, that's true. <laughs> that's exactly right. Yes. So if you're going to make stuff up in your head, let's make up stuff that is good and useful. So there's another concept we hadn't talked about, which is, you know, you can pretty much look at everything you think, everything you feel, everything you're doing, every action you take as one of two things. Because I like things simple. You know, I don't want to make things complicated. I like to think of it as either useful or not useful. I'm not real fond of good, bad, right, wrong, up, down. I like useful and not useful. Because it kind of takes the judgment out of it. Because you, for an example, you're very good at judging the crap out of yourself. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm my worst critic. Oh, yeah. That used to be true. That used to be true. Okay. Well, you should never be your worst critic. You should be your biggest supporter. Yeah. Like, what would be the point of being your big, biggest critic? What would be the point of that? There's no point. It just holds you back. Exactly. So is it okay? Now, we had you repeat a couple things. Let's do that for the benefit of the audience, because I promise you there's a lot of people who need this. I was born. I was born. The exact woman I'm supposed to be. The exact woman I'm supposed to be. And I have. And I have nothing. To prove. To prove. Now, say that last part like you mean it. I have nothing to prove. I have nothing to prove. There we go. I like it. Okay? So, if you have nothing to prove, and it should be obvious to everyone that you're a good person, then you don't need to worry about making everybody happy so they'll like you. Right. Wouldn't that be true? It would be true. The important people in your special group, they already like you. You don't need to prove anything to them. Yeah. They already think you rock. 
Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Exactly. So we covered that. And then we were kind of getting into this idea about what you use as the basis to make your decisions. So up until this conversation, we talked about you had been doing a lot of taking your own emotional temperature, right? Like, how do I feel about this? How, do, how does this make me feel? Do I like this? Do I not like it? Am I good? Am I bad? Am I right? Am I wrong? All this stuff. So instead of doing that, <clears throat> since we outlined you have some great, great goals, you want to date successfully, you want to get married successfully, you want to have a family of little human beings at some point, you want to be happy, you want to have a better, different career, you want to travel, you want to have a full, complete, rich life with a lot of fun, yeah? Absolutely, yes. So those are, would you say those are pretty important goals? Yeah, and overall happiness. Right. So you cannot be happy when you are focused on your internal stuff. You get happy by achieving those goals, right? Yeah. Like if I gave you all the time in the world and I just sat you in a room and said, okay, now you can just go ahead and, and feel all you want to feel and think about that stuff in your head as much as you want to 24 hours a day. No matter if you did that for a month, how happy would you be? Just thinking about your feelings and feeling your feelings and... I would drive myself insane. Right. Now, if you spent that same month relentlessly taking action toward all those goals you have, how would you feel then? Accomplished. Yeah. And happy. Happier. So we've been ridiculing feelings mercilessly because generally they're not useful. Yeah. And we did say, here's another good one. Unless your thoughts, feelings, and actions are directly connected to your goal, whatever your goals are, they are irrelevant. They don't even matter, which is quite a revolutionary idea, don't you think? It is. Do you think you have a feeling that's more important than any one of your goals? No. I don't either. Because feelings are momentary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in order to focus on your goals, of course, you'd have to come out of your head and come out out here into reality where you're seeing and hearing and feeling reality, because that's going to be closer to reality than what you have in your head. And I think lastly, we talked about the idea that if you want to be good at setting boundaries and good at chasing your goals, you have to be good at saying one word, which is no. Right. That's right. And it, and it used to be that you thought saying no made you, made, made you be like a mean person or a not nice person, right? Yeah, it was, uh, it was hard for me to do. I didn't like people mm-hmm. thinking that I was a no person. Because it means you were disrespectful or unkind or rude or those things, right? Yep, exactly. Okay, now, so let me ask you a question. <clears throat> and Robbie can answer this too because Robbie actually knows me. Would either of you ladies say or have the impression that I am rude? No. No. Unkind? Am I disrespectful? No. Am I mean? No. Okay. Well, guess what, Clarissa? I say no all the freaking time. (laughs) I do. I say no all the time. And it's, it's, it works better to say no when you need to. Now, I don't say it unless I need to, 
but I'm not afraid to say it at all. And here's what it should sound like. No, I'm so sorry. I can't do that this time, but maybe next time. No, I'm terribly sorry. I won't be able to because I have another commitment, but please ask me again. No, I can't do this right now, but I probably couldn't about 30 minutes. No, I, I really don't want to because I don't actually like that. But we could do something else. Okay. And none of that sounded bad, did it? No, it, it definitely did not sound bad at all. Right. So you can say, and this is actually a little trick I do with my husband. I have a policy that no matter what he asks me, I say yes. Because that's the first thing I want him to hear. This is good to use with your future boyfriend. I want him to hear the yes. But very often, this is what it sounds like. Honey, can you do whatever? Yes, I can. But I'm going to need to do it closer to four o'clock. Would that be okay with you? Or yes, I absolutely can, but I need to do this first. Is that all right? Yes, but I probably won't be able to do that until we get back. So that's really a no, isn't it? It is. Yes. <laughs> In a nice way. I said yes first, and that's what he remembers. That's just a good little trick to tuck away. Because you can always qualify it by saying when I could do it. So it's not technically a no. It's just not, it's a no, not right this minute. That's going to be in my head for sure. That'll be very successful then. I can promise you that. Yeah, I like that. And that's just a good thing to, to have. It's not just a husband. You could, you could have that with all kinds of people. Sure, absolutely, I can do that. But you know, I got to feed the dog first. It'll just be a second. Absolutely, yes, I will. But I, I'm going to finish this report first. It'll just be eh, 20 minutes. Okay. I see how that would be beneficial in multiple areas. Yes. Okay. So that's how you say yes, but really kind of mean no. But there are times when you absolutely need to say no and mean no. But see, it can sound similar. No, I'm sorry. I can't make the brownies for you for the meeting this time. Maybe another time. No, I can't. I can't pick up your child from school today because I've got errands I need to run right after I pick up mine. I'm sorry. That's still a no. But here's the problem you have. If you don't know how to say no, what's going to happen is energetically, you're going to attract people that take advantage of you because they know you're not going to say no. That's my pattern. <laughs> and then you end up doing all kinds of crap you don't want to do. And then all you do is get resentful. Yes. Well, she never picks volunteers to pick up my kid from school. She never volunteers to make the brownies when I'm too busy for the meeting. A hundred percent. Totally accurate. Yeah. I'm a big ball of resentment afterwards. Now, when you are, when you are resentful and angry, Clarissa, that's like you taking poison but expecting somebody else to die. Yeah. All it does is hurt you. So wouldn't it be better to avoid all that aggravation plus teach people how to treat you by saying politely, no, I'm so sorry. I won't be able to do that. It would be great. Well, we, we kind of had you close your eyes a little while ago and imagine that happened. Like if you wake up in the morning and a miracle happened and you could say no comfortably, conveniently, anytime you needed to, always politely and respectfully, because that's who you are. And that you said would be a lot different. Describe how, it would, how that would be again. It would be um, very peaceful. I would feel like I was in control of myself. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
I was the forefront of every situation rather than other people. Right. Cause right now you're not. Mm-hmm. That's true. So, you know, it's okay when you're learning something new to do it in little steps. Like you don't have to be an expert saying no tomorrow. <laughs> it would be okay if you took little steps, wouldn't it? And just like practice until you felt yes. more comfortable and then you get a little more comfortable and you say a little more often and you say a little more often and you get a little more comfortable and bada bing, bada boom. Pretty soon you're just, you know, saying no like an expert. Yeah. Baby steps. Baby steps. Absolutely. Absolutely. And by the way, model anybody you know who says no well. Model anybody you know that has good boundaries because they're saying no politely and respectfully probably fairly often until they get people trained. And then what you'll find is people just don't ask you that random stuff to do anymore. Okay. Because the people who take advantage of you will figure out they can't take advantage of you anymore and they'll go on to somebody else. Hmm. Like for an example, how many people do you think take advantage of me? I would say probably none. <laughs> Occasionally one will slip through, but basically not too darn many. Yes. Right. And see, I don't have to do anything to make that happen at this point. I just have to be willing to say no or state my needs or, you know, say what I want. So the next part of this that I'd like to talk about is this whole thing about what you're concerned about with dating. Because you mentioned boundaries with dating. Do you not know how to get control of the men you want to date? No, I totally lose myself and I let them walk all over me, anything they want to do. Yep. Oh, okay. Well, tell me what your criteria is for somebody who you think would be a good date. I'm looking for someone who is self-aware. Gee, that's funny because you're not. I know. <laughs> Why would self-aware be the first thing that you think of? Because I've been on a path of becoming more and more self-aware. And I can now see in the past relationships I've had, there was no self-awareness whatsoever. So I'm, I'm trying to go opposite of what I've dated in the past, really. Okay. Well, it, it might be that self-awareness would be a really good trait, but I think there's one that's a little better you might want to add. Okay. Other-centered. Because self-aware just might mean they they like, you know, motorcycle riding at the drop of a hat and they don't care about their job more than they like anything else. And they would get the check in the box for being self-aware that they like that. But that's not going to be a very good relationship trait. Yeah. Wow. Good point. So being other centered now here's, so would you like to know the difference between a mature man and a little boy? Yes. First of all, you should only be dating mature men. And I don't mean an age because you could have very young men that are very mature and you can have very old men. They're still little boys, but the difference between a little boy and a mature man is the mature man will be very, very obviously other centered. He will be very obviously focused on you, making you happy, not so much himself. Now, as you think back on all these prior relationships you didn't like, it's kind of true that they were a lot more interested in making themselves happy than you. Yes. Because they were little boys. They were. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And that's how you tell the difference. Yeah. Now, it isn't that, you know, he doesn't have any 
concept or awareness of what makes himself happy, he will. But it's going to please him the most when you're happy. Okay. That makes sense. Right. So it's so much so that it's almost embarrassing sometimes. Because a real mature guy, really, truly, he, d- he cares less and less about himself and more and more about whether or not you're happy. And he will pretty much jump through hoops to do whatever he can to make you happy. A lot more than what you're going to do to make him happy. But that's the way of it in a real relationship. I love my husband very, very much. He's awesome. But it is way more important to him that I'm happy than the other way around. Wow. And I'm not proud of that. It's just the fact. It's just the fact. I don't think I've ever met a single man that I could say is other centered. (laughs) Well, you probably have, but you weren't aware of them because they're actually everywhere. But you might have been focused on somebody who was cute or had a nice ass or, you know, was flattering you or whatever the case might be. Yeah, the flattering part, yes. There's way more of them than the other kind. So now what you're going to do, I mean, it's okay if they have a cute ass. My husband has a cute ass. You know, you can go after that. <laughs> but the but the bigger, more important criteria is that they have these character traits that you want. For example, they're very other-centered, focused on you, making you happy. That's the number one, that they have the ability to do that. Now, are you going to see that on the first date? Yeah, actually, you kind of will. And it'll just get stronger from there. So if you're not seeing it on the first date and it didn't get stronger after that. (laughs) So do you have examples of what an other-centered person looks like? Like, what would I see on a first date? Yeah, about six foot foot tall, about 220 pounds. No. Um, (laughs) In their actions? Oh, in actions. Well, okay, fine. Um, yeah, it's really simple stuff. Instead of saying, I want to go out for Chinese tonight. He would say, would you like to go out to eat? And where do you feel like going? Okay. It's just where his awareness is. You just notice where his awareness is. Is is his awareness on you and whether you're comfortable or happy or whatever, or is awareness, his awareness on what he's doing? Uh, In all things, if you walk up to a door, does he open it? And the answer should be hell yes. If you're kind of quiet for a minute, does he say, is anything anything wrong? Are you okay? Or does he just keep driving? Okay. I mean, it shows up all over the place. Now, sometimes if you're being pouty, he might miss that and keep driving. But so it's, you know, but it's. Is something that happens a lot. He's considering your needs and your feelings and your wishes at least as much or more than his own in uh, everything. Okay, that makes sense. It was raining this morning when I left the house. On my way out the door, my husband said, make sure you take your umbrella and drive carefully. Because I often forget my umbrella. Then I come home and say, well, it rained all day and I forgot my umbrella. <laughs> He wasn't doing that for himself. Okay. Yeah. There should be a, a protective, a protective, lovely sense about that. Not smothering and controlling. There's a difference. But just a really nice protective energy about that. Like just a really sweet protective energy. 
Like he wants to take care of you. And that doesn't mean you're some kind of weakling. It just means that okay. he's, you know, he's the man and he should be at some level taking care of things. Yeah. That will change everything about what you date. Yes. I've never dated that way. I've never even thought to look at that. So yes, it would change everything. God, Clarissa, we're changing your whole life. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so what other questions do you have about dating? At what point, like what are red flags? How do you sense these red flags? You mean like deal breakers? Yeah. Or just like maybe that somebody might be a narcissist because I've had my fair share of that in the past. How, how do you spot it within the charm? How would you know the difference between a narcissist and a little boy? Immaturity. You wouldn't. So don't be going throwing words around. Okay. The reality is you were dating immature men, AKA little boys, red flags. You don't look for red flags about narcissism. You look for red flags about you don't do drugs. You don't lie, steal, and cheat. You're responsible with money. You have a plan for your life and you're executing your plan. You don't have a criminal record. <laughs> you know. Okay. A little boy is always going to be thinking about himself way more than you. It doesn't mean he's a narcissist. Narcissist is a very serious thing. It's a personality disorder. Yeah. And uh, I had somebody that was diagnosed, didn't tell me. Well, you know, I have, I have very little, if any, respect for therapy. So all they do is run around and diagnose people. They generally don't know what the hell they're talking about. So I would not assume that that was an accurate diagnosis. Okay. But in either case, that's the past. We're looking forward. So yeah. what are you worried about? Are you worried about somebody that would be selfish and self-centered and you would not be able to see that now since you actually will be looking for it? Yeah, um, I am worried about that. And I'm worried about falling for somebody that's like very charming. And then, you know, a month or two or three in, it's Jekyll and Hyde situation. They're a different person. They will never have been a different person. They would have been the same person. You just didn't see it. So... Here's, here's another danger of living inside your head instead of out here in reality. I've actually ended a date after salad. Wow. Because it was obvious this was not going in the right direction. Now, that's a little unusual. But there, there aren't. How old are you? 28. Holy crap. You're almost 30. There is no possibility you should have to wait three months to figure out if somebody is kind, thoughtful, respectful, appreciative, generous, because that would all be there in the beginning. And if it's not there or it's not there enough, that will also be true in the beginning. But see, the problem, Clarissa, is when, you're, when your awareness is 100% in, is inside your head and all you're worried about is measuring up and being good enough and, and hoping they'll like you enough and won't judge you, then you're going to have no energy for awareness anywhere else. I'm saying get out of your head completely. It should be obvious that you're a great person and a good catch, by the way. Thanks. <laughs> so what you need to put your awareness on is what is he doing? Not how do I feel? Because if your awareness is on how do you feel, quite honestly, 
all you have is your head very far up your and at that point, all you've got is an excellent view of your colon. <laughs> yeah. You cannot, you cannot have your head up your worried about, is he going to like me? Am I good enough? Is, you know, all that. And have your senses on what he's doing, what he's saying, the energy of his communication. That's true. In the moment of the dates, I need to focus on him. Right. Well, the reality is, which you're totally not aware of, is you're the predator, not him. And you need to get in your predator state of mind. It'll work much better. Because here's the reality, Clarissa. You could get all your makeup on, put on your prettiest clothes, your hottest, sexiest clothes, and you could walk into any bar in town and say, you, you, and you, come here. And three guys would follow you out of that bar. Do you understand that's true? Yeah. Yes. Do you think a guy could do that? No. No way. Pick three women, you, you, and you, come here. Hell no. So who's the one that's actually got all the power? Us. Women. You. Yeah. So don't be a little mousy. Oh, I don't know if you like me. You should be... You should be glad I'm sitting here. Yeah. Now, that's kind of arrogant. I don't want you to actually say that. But you understand my point. <laughs> yeah. It's not about if they like me. It's about if I like them. Equally. Yes. Equally. And they should make it very obvious they like you. And if they're not making obvious, then they're just a dumbass. And you need to move on. Because you don't need somebody that's going to play games. Oh, I kind of like you tonight. I may not like you tomorrow. Uh, no. No. Yeah. They are fully prepared and mentally ready to prove they care about you. It's in their DNA to do that. Your job is to make them prove it. In very nice, sweet, kind ways. Okay. It's very different than what I've done in the past. You're right. I have been mousy. You're the predator. Yeah. A mouse is not a predator. You should expect certain things, and there'll be an energy that comes with that, just an aura, an energy. I, I promise you, I don't care where I am in what city, I can't remember the last time I've opened a door for myself if there was a guy even within six feet. I mean, they'll literally come out the door, look at me, and turn around and walk five feet back to the door and open it for me. I don't say a word. Except afterwards, I'll say, thank you very much. That was very sweet. I appreciate you. Have a nice day, blah, blah. I'll make it, you know, I'll give them a really nice thank you. But I never do that in the beginning. And I always get my doors open. Always, always, always. I, it would shock me to not have it that way. Hmm. Because there's an energy about that. Do you understand? Yeah. I would never, ever pay for a date unless you're way far into it and it's, you know, you're, you're very serious, that, then it's fine. But in the, in the initially, never, ever would I even remotely consider paying for a date. And if I had some dummy that even suggested it, I'd get up and walk away. I wouldn't even give him two more seconds. You'd walk away? Just like that. <laughs> I've been on dates where they asked to split it and I'm just like, yeah. Absolutely not. That's a little boy with a big red flag. 
All right. You're either going to be like a roommate relationship where you split everything like a roommate, or he's going to be your hero, your defender, your protector who takes care of you and enjoys it, wants to, has fun doing that, takes pride in how he takes care of you. Would somebody like that say, you want to split the bill? <laughs> no, no, they wouldn't. No, they would not. And they'd be offended if you volunteered. So we have a couple minutes left. I just want to recap, okay? A couple of things. First of all, being a please, people pleaser never works. You, you are the only one that's going to stand up for your values and your goals and objectives and how you want to be treated. Nobody's going to do that for you. So stop being a baby and a mouse. Put your big girl panties on and let people know how you want to be treated. And you don't owe anybody an explanation because you are already a very nice person that's kind and thoughtful and respectful. That should be obvious to anybody who sees you. And if it's not, that's their problem, not yours. Okay. So you stop being a chump and a pushover, and you only do what you want to do, and you spend most of your time and energy and resources on the people who you love and care about who love and care about you back. And if everybody else likes you, great. And if they don't, great. It will no longer matter. Okay. And when you're dating, you're going to set your eye on a whole different standard. You're going to be looking for a whole different set of things. And you're going to start vividly imagining how you want it to go instead of how it used to go. Okay, I can do that. You're going to break your emotional thermometer. And you're going to start paying attention to what's going on in front of you, not how it makes you feel. Because how many emotions do you have that are more important than your goals? None. Zero. None. That's right. So in the last minute or so, is there anything else that I need to clarify or wrap up for you that would be helpful? No, I'm excited. I have a date this weekend and I'm putting it into practice. Definitely. Beautiful. Well, I'll tell you what, Clarissa, I have enjoyed speaking with you so much. You're absolutely delightful. I'm sure you're going to have a wonderful life. And there's lots of things you can begin to change. And remember, just do it in baby steps. If it ever seems overwhelming, just do it in baby steps. You'll get there the same way. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Thank you so much, Julie. Well, you are so welcome. It's my pleasure entirely. It's been great fun. I'm sure you're going to do wonderfully. I love watching this unfold. I think it's a wonderful example of how we help people hypnotically to change towards their outcome. And we stay in, we stay synced up with what they want and stay in the big picture patterns and modeling a new way of doing things. So I think that was a very uh, beautiful and contained example. I also think this is going to help a lot of people because many, many people have the challenge Clarissa has. So this will give them a lot of tips for changing it. So thank you. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. It's great fun, ladies. I hope you have a wonderful rest of the week and uh, look forward to doing this again sometime. For our listeners, as you apply what you have learned today, whether it's for dating, relationship boundaries, confidence, or using this outcome-oriented structure to help yourself and your hypnosis clients get results, I'd love to hear about what you discover and how things change for you. We also have some fantastic opportunities for you to learn more about how hypnosis can help you at hypnosistrainingcanada.com. 
And when you're ready to take things to the next level with hypnosis, I will be happy to meet with you one-on-one for your free consultation. You can call 800-971-5774 to schedule or go to hypnosistrainingcanada.com. Join us next week where we will discover how to have the vision, courage, and perseverance to overcome obstacles, do what it takes to fill your life's mission, and what it truly means to serve others. And if you're wanting to discover more about how hypnosis training can help you, go to hypnosistrainingcanada.com and schedule your free consultation. Remember to click the button to subscribe, share this podcast with a friend, and please leave us a review so you can help others benefit from the podcast too. Until next week. You've been listening to The Hypnosis Show with Robbie Spear Miller. Tune in next time to learn more about how you can change your life with hypnosis. And if you are interested in learning more about training opportunities, go to hypnosistrainingcanada.com and schedule a free consultation.